This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Double Tap. It's Wednesday, the 21st of February, 2024. And we are here in Vienna for the Zero Project Conference. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Today, we're in Vienna, covering the Zero Project Conference from the United Nations Building. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you doing today? I'm out and about, Stephen Scott. Can you believe it? We're in Vienna. I know, you're not in a shed anymore. I know, and we're together. <laughs> oh, oh isn't beautiful. it lovely? Oh, and we have our lovely applause with us as well. Yes. I brought... The applause with us. <laughs> we always need it. Not, need our own. not the actual applause. There's no actual applause going on here at all. Ah, so here we are in Vienna. Yeah, it's nice to be here, isn't it? How was is, how is the travel for you? Because, you know, I, I have to be honest, I was yes. kind of expecting more events. Yeah, it was surprisingly uneventful. It was um, really straightforward. Again, though, we just gave ourselves over to the assistants. It is the best way. And it it was just so easy. Basically, they just took us everywhere we needed to go. I've got to say, the assistance was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I cannot fault assistance. I mean, you, you do feel a bit like a parcel being taken from place to place. Yeah, but I feel I, like DHL could have delivered us here. I, and, I quite and, like and the that, same though. Thing. So, so do I. I. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to worry. I don't think, how am I going to get to there, to here? And uh, you know what? It's just out of your hands, no stress. Um, yeah, the assistance was absolutely fantastic in, in multiple countries as well. I mean, have, how cool is that? Well, exactly. That's right. Have you figured out yet what, what chocolate is in Austria? Uh, uh, chocolat, I believe. That's French. Uh... Shock. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't want to say in case I start offending people. I, 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 think, I think, you know, even even me with my accent syndrome that I have. I know, exactly. Genetic accent syndrome, also known as gas. Um, that is an issue, I, I know. Uh, but I'm not uh. going to try any accents here. But I haven't figured out yet. I, I tried this thing last night. It's like a chocolate mixed with a biscuit. Yes, a chocolate so this, biscuit. This is a very international quite. issue. that I'm, I'm walking into dangerous waters here. Oh. <sighs> Here we go. Remember where we are right now. I know, but we're in the United Nations. We yes. could broker peace around the world around right now. chocolate biscuits. <laughs> only around okay. that. That's the only subject they're going to let us <laughs> anyone near, let's be honest. Uh, so coming up today, uh, and over this week actually, we're going to be bringing you lots of interesting stories and conversations from the Zero Project Conference. There's some amazing people here, right? This is an amazing place to meet people from around the world. You know, already today we've been having conversations with people from different countries, and you think to yourself, you know, there is a whole world outside of Canada, outside of the US, outside of the UK, that is, you know, coming up with great ideas, you know, great inventions, great innovations. And I feel sometimes like a lot of this just doesn't get the international attention it deserves. No, I I agree. And it it feels different. There's a different, I'm going to use the word vibe. There's a different vibe here. Very youth of you. Thank you. I believe so. The ambiance is great. It it just feels... That's French. Wherever you go, stop it. Wherever you go, you hear people having conversations. And, you know, from different countries, different perspectives, as you said, outside of the usual bubble. It does feel like a different different style of conference. Yeah. It, it, there's a different vibe to it, and it's hard to explain, but the, the amount of conversations that are going on, yeah, it's, it's really energetic. Yeah, I'm loving it. And uh, today we're going to be hearing from a company that actually uh, was, was well, got a lot of attention from 
mainstream tech media, and that was Lumen. And uh, we've heard about them on the show. Yep. Didn't fully understand the tech um, or what it was about. Because, look, I'll be honest, I hear this whole, you know, oh, it's a robot guide dog. Oh, it's a robot cane. It's almost clickbaity, I've got to say. It does that, feel a bit like that. You see that a lot. As you said, this, this product got a lot of coverage in mainstream, and that was it. That was the, the whole take of it. And maybe that's the problem. Because it's, that's where well, the clickbait head, well, that's where the clickbait headlines come from, right? You, you kind of you don't get a chance to look past that and actually try the tech out. Yeah, well, I, I know we've talked about this a lot when it comes to tech and mobility, and we're talking about smart canes and guide dogs and this this rush or this want to replace it or enhance it even with technology. Mm. And so far, we haven't had much success with that. So when you hear something about you know the, the robo guide dog. You take it with a huge pinch of salt. Oh, I really do, I must admit. But but with Lumen, and it is another one of those companies kind of selling this idea, although I'd say a little bit differently. We'll hear later from the, the company's CEO who will explain more about this product. Yeah. But, but what I've learned already is that he's kind of pitching this as more of a, this makes the, the desire to have a guide dog more available to more people who may not want a dog. This is another issue, actually, which comes up with me a lot is as much as I love the idea of a guide dog, I just don't want to look after a dog necessarily all the time. I don't think I'd be out enough to warrant having a dog. And there's a lot of responsibility when it comes to a dog. You yeah. know, there's a lot of things to consider. I, to be honest with you, I think it's, I think it's far better to, to move away from that comparison. I think it's far better to say, you know what, this is another option for mobility. And how well this is going to work, well, we will find out. You know, the, the promise is there when it comes to technology of what technology can do. But in the real world, as we all know, sometimes technology just doesn't cut it. So I would stay away from uh, a guide dog or, or a cane comparisons and just go for, let's how, see how this technology can help you get around. Mm, okay. Well, um, we're going to get into that conversation. I think you're going to try it out as well. I you? am. I know. I'm all <gasps> excited. Oh, we'll get into that a bit later. Uh, demo there. Uh, also speaking to, we met a fan today. <laughs> yes, the fan. We met. We have, we have a fan. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> it was a pleasure to meet you. Yes. I have to say, we're applauding ourselves for having a fan. I'm not sure that's the I best know. thing to do. But, um, yeah, we're going, to, we're going to be hearing from uh, Jacob soon on the show. He's from Estonia. And, again, it's this point about things we're learning about other countries. And that's why I love uh, being able to, to be here at Zero Project in Vienna. Uh, if you had the show yesterday, you'll have heard Michael Fembeck joining us to tell us all about what the whole event is all about. So if you haven't heard that episode, although I, I know you have. Everyone's heard it, of I course. I know you have. But if you haven't heard it, it's on YouTube as well. Uh, so you can watch it whilst listening to it. Is that not amazing? That's incredible. And of course, as we heard, Jacob um, listens to us whilst working out. So I, I will just say... What's that? Run harder, run faster, Jacob. Do more. Apparently he gets... Well, he finds that we get him up in the morning. Ah, that's good to know. It's our high energy. Yes, <laughs> it's, we are inspirational when it comes to fitness and working out. Two apparently. guys who barely move... <laughs> I, do you know, I realised that this is probably the furthest I have been since, I mean, coming to Vienna. Yes. Other than coming to see you in Manchester a couple of weeks ago. Yes. I hadn't left the house since I bought a steak pie at New Year. <laughs> that was it. A steak pie. I'm up there with steak pie and Vienna's up there with steak pie. We're, we're, that's good to know. Absolutely. Uh, hey, listen, we should also say, because we're not alone on this trip, you know, they don't, they don't let us come alone anymore. No, of course not. They have to come with people. Um, because can they, can they shout out? 
I don't know if they can shout out, but certainly we've got Mark Aflalo, who's over there somewhere in the background. He's joining us for access. Show hello, Mark. There he is. There's Mr. Uh, F. He is here from... Aflalo. That's Mr. A. Yeah, oh, sorry, yes, Aflalo. That's Aflalo. Yes. Not Flalo. Uh, he's with us because we're doing the TV show, of course, uh, live, so you can uh, check that out. Uh, we've got Mr. F somewhere over there. I don't know if you can hear us. Someone got some whiskey. Hey. Oh, there he is. Mr. F. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's and everything. Do you know who else is here? Who? I mean, you know, we've got Sarah Herlinger from Apple. We've got Christopher Patno from Google. We've got yes. Hector Minter from Microsoft. All came over to say hello they to did. us. I know. But I am more impressed because we have Double Tap News' own Grace Schofield. Hey! It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't need to do the news for a couple of days. You're fine. You can relax. Um, but yeah, Grace Schofield's here as well. Oh, we've got the whole team. Oh, isn't it fantastic? But you know what? Despite the fact we're on the road, we're not changing what we do here. You know, no matter what Mr. F says, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're doing the show as we do it, right? So this is what we're doing. So we're getting into it. Let's get some emails. Hey. Email. We get emails. We get your email every day. Can we sing out here? We can't do it We're the United Nations building. We're it's, acting like children. There's so many people around us as well. It's it ridiculous. <laughs> Your emails. Let's have it. Shall we? <laughs> I can only imagine what is going on right about us right now. Thinking, what on earth have we let in here? We don't get back in tomorrow, you know. This might be it. I us. know. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, shall we get some emails then? Uh, we... <laughs> Let's get serious. Uh, let's get some emails. Uh, we'll kick off with uh, someone who's actually been to Vienna. Laura is here, of course, not in person. Sadly. Oh, no, we're missing uh, the Laura. No, no, she's uh, sent this in to us. Uh, but uh, here is one of our emails today, read by Laura. Hello, Stephen, Sean, and of course, Laura. I am just home from a weekend in Vienna. I liked the city. We didn't do too much in the way of culture, but did drink quite a few coffees, eat a few cakes, and consume several ice creams, which is my idea of a good trip anyway. Most of the road crossings have audible signals and also on the side of the box, on the pole, there are markings to tell you how many lanes of traffic and what direction they're coming from. The press button is underneath the box on the pole. Most of the streets we walked on had that line thing going down the middle to help keep us on the straight and narrow. One tip for Sean, bring your own tea bags, mug and possibly a travel kettle. Oh. Our hotel only had a coffee machine in the room. Uh. We did ask for a kettle, which they did provide. The cups were the espresso ones. Absolutely no use when a big mug of tea is required. Absolutely. So we asked for mugs as well, which they also provided, but then took away when the room was being cleaned in the morning. So put your mugs in the safe. <laughs> now for the tech. I use Be My AI app so often and it is brilliant. One thing that is frustrating is when you are trying to get it to describe a photo you have received on WhatsApp, you need to do a bit of swiping. First, you need to share it and then share it again and then swipe many times until you get to the Describe with Be My Eyes option. Does anyone have a suggestion for a faster way of doing this? Have a great trip to Vienna. Looking forward to hearing all the tech news and, of course, all the non-tech happenings. Thanks for a wonderful podcast. Regards, Gronje. Oh, thank you, Gronje. Lovely to hear from you. Um, OK, Sean, I know you're a bit of a king of Be My AI and Be My Eyes. Mm, yeah, I, I actually... I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if there is a faster way of doing it. You're quite right, because in WhatsApp, there's like two share menus you've got to go through to get to the um, iOS, at least, um, recognized with Be My AI. So, um, yeah, it's. I don't know the answer to this one. We're gonna, I'm going to throw this one back out. Uh, I don't think there is a shortcut, but I may be wrong. Well, there is a shortcut that gets you access to the camera, isn't it? Isn't it a shortcut yes, you can not, set up? That's not what they're asking here, Stephen Scott. I mean, come on. This is this is about specifically recognizing an image that's been sent through 
yes. WhatsApp. And to do that, you've got to go through the share menu. And in WhatsApp, as I said, there's two, there's almost two um, extra layers to get to that share menu. It kind of hits on a point we were talking about actually on the way here, which is sometimes the problem with some of this technology is the process you've got to go through to to actually get the content in front of you, right? Or, or to get yeah. to where you want to get to. Like you have to go through this whole menu system to get to. It doesn't seem that hard, really, when you think about it. It's not considering it's, what it's, it's letting us do. Yeah, it's not a, a huge hardship, but it is something that sort of. Uh, I just wish I could do it quicker. It, I mean, it more. It more tells of how successful or how useful Be My AI is rather than, you know, we just want to get there quickly and get That's access right, yeah. to that functionality. So that extra step is a pain, yeah. But honestly, I don't know of a way around that. Gronya, thank you for your email. Uh, yes, we will definitely keep you up to date with all the uh, silliness. I'm sure there's plenty to come. I will say, though, we did try to get some uh, chicken fried. Uh, chicken fried? Chicken well, fried. We did try to get some chicken fried last <laughs> night, actually. Uh, that didn't work out very well, did it? No, we. Stephen was waiting around the hotel reception for about three hours, uh, <laughs> waiting for a, a KFC that didn't turn up. Anybody who walked in, oh. where it sounded like there was a bag rustling, Have you got chicken? I was over at them saying, <laughs> are you the chicken person? Oh, and yes. They were. Most so, upset. Yeah, absolutely. We'll try again. I'm sure it'll happen. Ronnie gets in touch. Hey, guys. I'm under the impression that there's no such thing as a difficult or simple question, but I'm going to do my best. A bunch of us grannies are leaving the menfolk at home this winter and are heading on a Bahama cruise. The only technology I plan on taking is my iPhone SE3. My question is, is there a simple tutorial that I can find and use so that I can take pictures myself without having to rely on somebody else pushing the buttons for me or is there a special app that I could be using or what's the best way thanks enjoy Vienna if you haven't already gone bye ciao oh thank you Ronnie um, I like that ciao yeah is that German no no um, okay. <laughs> well Stephen you've just recently started taking lots of photos I've noticed but that's not through the photo app that's well, through something I'll, else I'll talk about that in a minute but yeah no uh, carry on uh, but I will say um, there is a an easy way the way I use the camera app built into iOS is I simply ask her lady s to open uh, no to take a photo or take a video and then when it's open, I just press or hold the volume down button. If you just press the uh, volume down button, it will take a picture. You'll hear that noise. There you go. That's the shower noise. And <laughs> That's very good. Thank you. The picture has been taken. And if you hold down the volume button, as long as you keep, keep it held down, you are recording video. And when you release the volume button, the video will stop recording. Now, there are other options in there, of course, like if you're using the back-facing or front-facing camera and other things. So, uh, but it's all accessible, um, but I, I can understand it can be a little bit confusing in the camera app because there are quite a few options in there. But the only things you really need to listen out for is the front-facing or back-facing camera. But again, if you ask Lady S to take a selfie, it will automatically open the camera app with the front-facing camera turned on. And if you ask it to take a video or a photo, it will open it with the back-facing camera turned on. And then it's just a case of pressing and holding to take a video of that volume down button or just tap it once to take a photo. 
Do you know what? Well done. Thank you. Uh, honestly, Thank you. that was... I know. Thank you. That was incredible. Well done. Well done, me. Thank uh, you. Uh, you are my hero today. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. That is a really useful tool and a really useful tip for Ronnie. Thank you, and I hope that's useful to you, Ronnie. For me, though... Uh, I have started taking pictures way more than I have ever done in my life, thanks to my Meta Ray-Ban glasses. Yes, my <gasps> Meta Ray-Ban glasses oh, changed my life. Now, you say that, throw away, like mm-hmm. a joke, but honestly, it has. I, look, I'm exactly the same. I never take photos or videos, no. ever. I just, I, why would I? I just, I don't use them, I don't take them. But... You, for some reason, have started sending photos all the time. Well, to my wife mainly. She's, she's getting a bit sick of it, to be honest. Uh, because what you can do is you can just say, you know, send photo to my wife and you just name the contact in WhatsApp. And it could be anybody in, in WhatsApp. And it will take a picture. Then it will ask you if it's okay for you to send the picture. You say yes. I mean, it's not showing you the picture anywhere. It's not saying is this the picture you want, but it's just you know, confirming you want it sent. And then it will automatically send it across. Yeah, you're right. I'm kind of throwing it away, but it, the, the truth is, it is life changing because first off, I can do it hands free, right? I mean, I'm often walking with my cane. Exactly. You know, I might have a bag in my hand or something, and I want to take a picture of something. Yep. And it'd be really nice to simply say, take a picture, and I can because I'm wearing the camera. I'm not having to bring my phone out. That's right. Yeah, and plus, you don't have to go through trying to share through a various app. That's or- right. You know, go into the WhatsApp app, open the camera, do it through that interface, which is different from the standard camera interface, and do it that way. So, yeah, it's just, it's the convenience factor, right? That's what we want for everything. And there are times, I think, where I would like to take a short video or, you know, when I entered the um, hotel room when I got to Vienna, just to send to the family so they know I've arrived safely and everything and have a look around. I would love to do that and to do it that easily and know I'm actually, you know, taking a photo of something not the back of... I don't know, the TV or something, then um, it's all good. So absolutely, I can see the use case on these. I'm really, I'm really interested in these meta glasses. The more you use them, the more I think, you know what, I want a pair of these. And even the video function as well. So you can take a video up to 60 seconds, and it's only up to 60 seconds. I think that's partly due to the battery life. When I was doing a couple of videos today, the battery was going down very quickly. Yeah. So, you know, you, and you can kind of understand that. Um, but, you know, I'm getting about four hours out of them over the course of a day and, and even less, though, if I'm using the, the video. But there's 60-second videos. You can easily take them. You just hold the button down. Again, you can just speak. You can just say H-U-Y Meta, and it will, you know, allow you to start recording a video. And that's it. It just starts recording. So, again, like you say, walking around, you know, showing your, your family the, the hotel room you're in. Yeah. That suddenly becomes easy. You can narrate a little video. Oh, look, here's what I found. And everything you're holding in front of the camera is in view. Yeah. And I will say, from what I'm told about this, I, I don't know the, the way the picture's taken, but it's a very wide-angle image. Right. So you've got a really good image that's easy to see, that's easy to see no matter where you point the camera. So I think that's really cool. But Meta Ray-Bans, I mean, you've got to buy a whole other thing, right? That's the problem. That's not going to suit Ronnie on her cruise. No, no, no. Uh, with the iPhone, um, I think she said SE there, you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, of course, Guy did frames on Android, but that's not a thing. If you've got an iPhone SE. No, the other thing as well, though, if you start taking video, and why wouldn't you if you're in the Bahamas? Unbelievable. Paradise. Um, either use headphones so you don't hear voiceover talking all over your video, or um, just mute your voiceover with a um, three-finger double tap uh, before you start recording. Yeah, you can always tell a blind person taking a video, can't you? 
You just yes, hear all yes, the, the noise can, of the yes. voiceover in the background first, then the, that rush to shut it up. Yes, but, but yeah, that's what we got to do. But headphones work well. And actually, you know, I mentioned this before about the Ray-Bans. I don't know if it was maybe just a bit of a... Because even I was quite surprised by it. But the spatial audio recording capabilities, so you can kind of get a little audio postcard going. Really good, really well, impressive. You, you were quite impressed. Cause I, I took a video of you on the plane. I don't yeah. know we were supposed to do that, by the way. I, no. I, had, a, I had an announcement there later on. A, yes, I know. But that was after so, we did it, so it doesn't count. We're not flying back with him, Anyone so Anyone listening? No. We'll, yes, get, we'll get home fine. We'll be all right. Uh, okay, we've got another message here. Hi, Steve and Sean. This is William from the United States. I would like to hear about your experiences of travel and trains, and I'd like to hear about your experiences with breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, and coffee. And I would like to hear, what do you like to have with coffee in the morning for breakfast? And what do you like to do on a holiday weekend when it comes to breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And what do you like to have with your meals? Oh, okay, right. Okay, that's okay, very William. specific. Thank you for that. That's a great question. Um, uh, where do we start with that one? So, so hang on. Let's be very clear on this. He wants to know mm-hmm. what we eat and drink. Yes, everything. And, and specifically on holiday weekends as well. Okay, that's... Um, I, I, you I, first. I, no, no, thanks. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't drink coffee. William, so there's that. I drink tea occasionally. Oh, that's a disgrace. I'll, I'm going to get you into coffee. There's free coffee. You here. keep saying that, and no, it's not going to happen. I have a free. big mug of tea in the morning with some toast or something, <laughs> maybe a sausage sandwich if I'm feeling adventurous. And then um, that's, a, you know what? That's about it. I have something for dinner or tea, as I will call it, because yes. I'm common. Yes. I have something for tea from uh, usually um, a chicken curry and egg fried rice. Every day. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's and, about and, it. And for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, whatever you have for dinner is usually breakfast. Ah, oh, yes. Look, I, we eat... I'm going to throw Stephen under the bus here. We eat terribly. I we eat do. mostly uh, takeaways and fast food. So, um, Listen, yes. we got here last night, William, and the first thing we wanted to do was eat KFC. I mean, it's an absolute disgrace. Look at this, look at this wonderful country that we are in. Look at the opportunity that we have to, to taste the yep. best... That Strudels, Europe has to offer, um, that Austria has to offer. Swirls, is that a thing? And we're in a chicken place. I know, yeah. As soon as, as soon as we got into the hotel, before we went to the room, Stephen was, Stephen was ordering KFC. Well, if, well yeah, you know, it all, came, it all came from him, you know, because oh, he sent us the app. Oh, he did, yeah. He told us, yes, he did. He sent us the fast food app. So Mr. we were able to get, yeah, exactly. We were able to get access to all the chicken we wanted. Uh, although we <laughs> actually didn't. Show didn't. Up. No, the chicken. I'm sure he cancelled it. Bother. Uh, instead, we had um, crisps and whatever pasta's chocolate. Yes. So uh, basically, William, we eat terrible things and we're not going to advertise it here because um, we shouldn't do. It's a great question about holiday weekends. It's kind of got me thinking do I eat differently on a holiday weekend? I think no. I might. No, I think I do. I think I probably have a roast dinner. Oh, that's very posh. Isn't it? Okay, okay. Is, it, is that posh? There you go. I hope you have. Oh, and our experience of travel, um, planes, trains, and automobiles, um, yeah, fine. What did you think? Assistance is king. Again. What did you think about the meal we got on the plane? Oh, yeah, I thought it was great when it just all fell on my lap. Yeah, it was absolutely. There's nothing like traveling across the world uh, with uh, saucy noodles all over your lap and over your chest. It was beautiful. Or, or whatever their name was. Oh, yes, yes. Um. Saucy noodles. She was a lovely girl. <laughs> no, stop. stop. No, 
There's, there's no space, right? In those airplane meals on that little tray table, you've got no room, so you're trying to balance, like, napkins and forks everywhere. <laughs> that's if you can even get the tray open, right? I mean, oh, I that's another story entirely. It, it, you know what I always say? You know what? I won't bother having anything to eat on the plane. It's not a long flight. It's absolutely fine. We had something before we actually boarded the plane. That's right. We got something before we, at the airport. We, we, should we tell people we did it? I have to say, it wasn't an eventful trip for us. No. I think the people who were travelling with us might have found it a little bit more eventful. We were unaware that we, we had been, that we had been sat in our wheelchairs. That's another story entirely. Yes. Um, but we were sitting there munching away on, a, on some fast food. We, and we were saying, it's awful quiet around here, isn't it? Yeah, and apparently but... the entire plane, the, the people of or the people of the plane... Yes, <laughs> the, the gate to get onto the plane. Yeah. It was it was. Full. They were all there. They were it all sitting packed. watching us. But we, we thought we were in an empty room because it was so quiet. They but we were parked been... facing them. <laughs> they must have thought we were the cabaret. That's right. We Stephen were the... <laughs> and Sean and the amazing burger eaters. It was like Laurel and Hardy at lunch. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Anyway, um, yes, travel is, is, is great as long as you get assistance. There you oh, go. by the way, did you... Uh, I, I mentioned yesterday to you that there was a link. I said, I've got the first link to the show. And I didn't tell you what I was you talking about. You didn't? No, what was it? So there's a guy next to me on the plane. I hope he's not here. Because uh -oh. if he's listening to this, he'll know who he is. But he was sitting next to me on the plane. So sitting on the, the other aisle. And he had, I think he had kids with him. And he said to them, do you want to hear a joke? Uh-oh. And... They said, oh, Dad. You know, said, no matter what country you're in, yep, no matter what joke. language it is, you can automatically tell the reaction a child is going to have uh -huh. to their dad saying, you want to hear a joke? And the joke was, why did the chicken cross the road when it was raining? I don't know. To get to the other side. Right. Yes? That was it. Uh, yeah, how's that a link to our show? No, but I, I thought, isn't that a brilliant joke? We should tell that joke on air. Well, absolutely not. Judging by the uh, awkward moment we're experiencing right now, no, that was a terrible joke. I have a feeling security is circulating. <laughs> so we are going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back. And uh, once we get back, we're going to be hearing from Lumen. We're going to be joined by the CEO of Lumen. Also, uh, Sean's going to get a demo and we'll get his take on this kind of tech as well. I have my views on this stuff. Yes. But uh, yeah, I'm going to keep an open mind. For okay. the next little few Me minutes, too. just just to hear what people think. Listen, you can still get in touch with us. You can still send an email to us as we go through this because we're still here. We're still doing the show every day. So get in touch with us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Uh, you can of course uh, drop us. Uh, I guess drop your voicemail doesn't make any sense. Leave a voicemail. One eight seven seven pedantic eight zero three four five six seven. Or on social media, you can find us on YouTube. Just search on the internet. You heard about that? It's an amazing thing, and it is the future, from my understanding. Uh, that is where we are. Uh, and, and on AMI Audio as well, which well is done. absolutely the future. Covered everything. Yeah, absolutely. Covers absolutely everything. God bless you, Mr. Send us your feedback to feedback <laughs> at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Today, we're in Vienna, covering the Zero Project Conference from the United Nations Building. Now, back to the show. 
And today we're finding out uh, about some interesting tech that is on show here, as well as the number of uh, talks and speakers from around the world who are converging here in Vienna for the Zero Project Conference. There are also a number of exhibits as well, and uh, one of the exhibits is Lumen, and its CEO is here with me now. Uh, Why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Cornelia Marie, and I'm the CEO and founder of Dot Lumen, where we build glasses that empower the blind to live a better life. Well, first off, thank you so much for coming over here to see us uh, at Double Tap. Um, you were at CES this year, right? We were also at CES, yes. Yeah. We were at CES. We were doing demonstrations over there. Uh, it was a great, great experience. It was a very tiring experience. Mm. This is definitely <laughs> yes. a much, much smaller crowd over here. Um, but still, very, very excited to be here as well. So tell me about your product. What is sure. it? So I, I want to start with a problem, basically. The problem which we're tackling is that the guide dog is a great solution, but it has a couple of drawbacks. It costs a lot to train a guide dog. And the second one is a lot of responsibility to take care of a guide dog. It's a lot of effort to take care of a guide dog. But what the guide dog does, it does great. So our question was, can we replicate what the guide dog does in technology without the drawbacks that make the guide dog a non-scalable solution? Because if you think of a guide dog, you have over 100 million people who could potentially benefit from a guide dog, but there are only 28,000 guide dogs in the entire world. So this is what we do at Datlumen. We basically created Datlumen glasses, which um, we, they use self-driving technology to do what the guide dog does without the drawbacks that the guide dog, uh, the guide dog has. But to give an analogy of what we actually do, if you think of a guide dog, you can ask a guide dog not to guide you in general or to take you to a specific object. And the guide dog will do this by pulling your hand, avoiding you from obstacles, keeping you on the sidewalk, stopping you at crossing, stopping you at stairs, etc. You can ask the Datlumen glasses the same thing and they will do the same, but rather than pulling your hand as the guide dog does, we actually pull your head. So it actually feels with our haptic vibration interface how something is holding your head and how something is pulling your forehead in a direction you have to go. It's immensely intuitive. You'll be able to test very, very soon. And uh, you know we have tested with over 300 blind individuals. We are in clinical investigations. We're putting the product on the market as a medical device at the end of the year. We have been working on this for three years a team of 50 scientists and engineers part of this company at this point. And, you know, we, we just can't wait to, to put a product on the market and to help people. And maybe to go a bit a bit to the beginning, the reason this company exists is because I was born in a family of people with disabilities. I'm the only person without a disability in my family. And after a career in the automotive field where I worked on self-driving and electric mobility and everything, I decided to take that technology and to actually do something which is much more pedestrian, but really empowering lives of people. Wow. I don't, I don't know where to start at this one, honestly. There's so many questions I have. Right, I'm going to let you have a question here, Sean, because I will you. start asking yeah. a million questions. We'll come back so to much. pulling off your head mm-hmm. to, to guide you. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm interested in the, the self-driving. You said you came from that yep. that sector before anyway, and that led you here. And we're seeing a lot of products that are using sort of that technology of LiDAR, 3D mapping, you know, and cameras. Also good. But... When it comes to something like navigation and mm-hmm. getting around for us, it's how we, you can map the environment, but how do you get that information across to us? You know, mm-hmm. is it an audio yeah. feedback? Is it haptic like you're using there? Sure. How do you deal with that information and getting it back to the actual user of the device? Sure. So the first thing which we do differently, since the 1950s, people have been trying to represent visual information in a non-visual way. So, you know, you get audio where there are obstacles, you get vibrations where there are obstacles. The problem with that is this, the, the world is simply too complex. You will get to sensory overload way too quickly. Mm. Because, you know, the moment you have more than two obstacles, you can no longer, in, in, you know, computed sound or vibrations really, really understand what's happening fast enough. 
So what we said that we're going to do 100% differently is we will not go that bad. However, we looked at the guide dog and the guide dog is not barking when there's an obstacle. No, it guides me around it. And this is what we did. But rather than having the same, rather than having like a, a, a big thing which has to walk next to you, we decided to scale it down to a wearable, to something which you can comfortably wear. And after a tremendous amount of tests, we determined that the head region is the safest uh, and the best region to actually have this kind of feedback. So what we do with haptics is that rather than pulling your hand, rather than feeling that something is pulling your head, your hand, we actually pull your head around obstacles, around everything. It's immensely intuitive. The problem is that. In words, I didn't find the right way of saying it. I never found the right way. <laughs> but the moment you'll test, you will have you, you can explain how it feels and uh, how you can use the, those vibrations to guide you. Now we have audio, we have text. You can actually speak with the device, and the device will answer you. Uh, you have an audio. You have a button menu with um with audio. Sorry, you have a button audio menu. You have um, a ways which you can interact from your smartphone. For example, if you want to go to a more like faraway destinations, like say you're here in at the, at the Vienna UN, but you want to go in Stephansplatz in the center of Vienna, you can actually go on Google Maps, search for, for Stephansplatz, press share, and you could actually share to the device, to our glasses, and they will take you there. They will guide you. They will find you the, that tram station. They will help you get in the tram, and they'll help you get out, off over there. So right. it's basically everything that a self-driving car, self car will do, but specifically on the feedback, we use audio and haptics in a, in a new and intuitive way. So I have heard a lot over the years about these kind of products. Mm -hmm. I hear about the, the replacement for the smart, or the cane, the smart cane, uh, you know, the smart guide dog, the mm -hmm. replacement of the guide dog. Is that what you're selling here? Or are you selling this as, a, as an additional so to the, to those original mobility we, ways. we are we have nothing to do with the smart cane we or with the white cane or with the smart cane people can still use the smart the white cane together with our technology even if technically speaking you no longer need it we we actually the device can detect that you're using a white cane and it but can would ignore you it. would you recommend people using this product as opposed to using a cane i do not uh, we do not compete with neither the white cane neither the guide dog. Our purpose is not to replace the guide dog. There are way too few guide dogs in the world. Mm. So we do not want to replace the guide dog. What we want to do is to bring the same benefits as the guide dog does, but with the other basically 39 plus million blind individuals who cannot have a guide dog. That's what we do. So for the people who have a guide dog and who can live that lifestyle and can take care and everything, then they have the solution. Then we're not for them. We're for the other people who do not have a guide dog because they do not want to have one because it's a complicated lifestyle, because it's too expensive etc. That's what we want to do. In terms of the white cane, technically we can replace the white cane, practically we don't necessarily want to. I think that you still have some situational awareness which you understand with your tactile feel and the device will basically do what, what the guide dog does. And there are people who use both the guide dog and the white cane, so it's not, uh, they're not mutually exclusive. And, and where is it at the moment in terms of, I mean, you're saying that you're going through the process of mm -hmm. getting this uh, clinically yep. agreed yep. Um, and all of that. How is it, how is it progressing in that in that way I mean it's, it? it's absolutely great I mean we we have tested with over over this point 300 blind individuals mm -hmm. and we are finishing everything and all the documentation to release it as a class one medical device end of the year so basically this will be a medical device released end of the year in in our country but then very very quickly we're gonna scale it to other markets as well so next year we're discussing about a worldwide device as a medical device Wow so what, what sort of objects does it detect I mean I, in a self-driving car, obviously, mm -hmm. there's certain things you're looking out for. Sure. Has that been tweaked? 
for specifically yeah, yeah. this use case? Yes, I mean, it's built from the ground up specifically for the pedestrian use case. And there are a lot of differences. I mean, for example, a car has a constant height, plus minus suspension. Humans, you know, they sit, they go up, they do a lot of crazy things, which a self-driving car does not. <laughs> but to, to give you a bit, a bit of context, we do... I think three, three important things, which I can, more than three, but three important things. The first thing is that we understand the world geometrically. So we understand what is the ground and all the obstacles above it or below it. However, that is definitely not enough. Why? Just because a surface is flat, it doesn't mean it's safe to walk on. Uh, an example which I love is a lake. A lake is perfectly flat. It doesn't mean you can walk on it. <laughs> and I'm you know, looking forward for all the other technologies which can, which can uh, guide you towards the lake. Um, then that's where we are the second level. We use the, the, basically the best artificial intelligence model in the world, which we have designed on our own data, our own architecture and everything, in order to understand that this is a sidewalk, this is a road, this is a crossing, this is a lake, this is a puddle, this is mud. So all of the surfaces, which most of them look exactly flat, it doesn't mean you can walk on them, but we detect all of those and we integrate it into what the device understands. And the first thing which we do is that we compute safely walkable paths over 100 times a second so that you can avoid all the obstacles, so that you can stay on the safe, on the safe walking terrain, etc., be it the sidewalk, be it indoors, etc. We, we do all of that. And all of that combined is what brings the basic guiding functionality. On top of the guiding functionality, we have a lot of other things which are helpful. For example, detection of objects which are of interest, uh, chairs or doors or stairs, um, buses is something which we're doing now. Basically, very, very soon, I think we're going to finish this. We will be able to actually, we will be able to integrate public transport in the device. So if you are here and you want to go to the city center of Vienna, the device will take you to the tram station. We already tested this. Uh, and then you will be able to, will help you to walk into the tram and then it will help you get off the tram and everything. So all of those things are also being integrated and those are on top of the basic guidance uh, which the system does. Um, we also do reading, also do other functions which are, you know, the moment we have a head-worn wearable, you can do a lot. Uh, but a basic, basic, basic functionality, which is the most important for us and is related to our purpose of aiding mobility, is replicating what the guide dog does in the basic guiding, guiding uh, situation. And what about nighttime? You know, can, can this thing see at night? It can see at night, but to give a disclaimer, at the beginning we are releasing it with uh, with daytime use, so it will work um, sunlight. Um, sorry, say we will like will work from uh, sunrise to sunset. Mm. This is our target now. It does see very well in the night. We haven't certified it for the night yet, but we are getting there soon. And this is, oh, it's not AI driven, but it's it's AI it's, behind it. It's AI powered, yes. Yeah, and that is growing all the time. Mm -hmm. The capability of AI yep. is growing all the time. So. Do you think we're at the worst this can ever be at this stage? You know, it can only improve, it can only get better, it can only get more capable yes, so as a device? It will get, even basically we're a software startup, so we do design the hardware with an external provider of, of hardware services and everything, but we're a software startup, so the device gets over there, updates, and it becomes smarter and smarter and smarter. Which is what, what a lot of these companies are doing now, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're, you're going third party for the, the company, for the hardware, yep. but... Actually, a lot of the, the software is what you're working on, what you're yep. devising. And you say you've worked with over 300 people who yep. are blind in, in your country. Not only in our country, so all over well, the, world, the world. But most of the people are from our countries. We do most of the experimentation there for logistics logistic reasons. Right. Uh, but most of the people are from my country, of Romania, Eastern Europe. Um, but we, we have tested all over the world. We have actually tested the device in 20 countries at this point. Well, I see we've seen three or four people going up and down in front of us today, haven't mm. we? So that's well, you're going to test interest. it later, right? You're going to test yeah, it. hopefully yeah. I'm going to test it later on. So My uh, colleagues are waiting for you, so no worries about that. Oh, fantastic. Can't wait. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. You know, your company name comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because there are a lot of companies over the years that have tried to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
and they either fall by the wayside or they just don't quite capture the imagination. Mm -hmm. Yours seems to be capturing. You know, CES, for example, yep. a lot of people were excited about it. A lot of mainstream publications were talking about your product. That's true. Uh, and I know some of that is just interest because it's different. Mm -hmm. But, of course, you know, it is a device which can really make a difference to us yep. if it works properly. Um, you're saying it's going to be out by the end of the year as, yep. a, as a class one medical, medical device, device in Romania? Uh, it's in the European Union. And in, for, in the the, for FDA approval in, um, in the United States, we're going to try it next year, beginning of next year. Okay. And... How will this be rolled out? Is your intention for it to be rolled out as a medical device or people can buy it? So basically what we do in Europe, um, you know, point of this company is to help people. This is why we founded uh, the company, to help people. And um, for Europe, we're working with all the possible reimbursement funds in each country individually so that we can get this at either a very low cost or for free for people with visual disabilities. Well, that works in your favor, doesn't it? Because it allows you to cover your costs for R&D yes. and it allows us to get access to the product. True. We're searching the same for the United States. So we're exploring the United States market and how it works and how reimbursement works over there, how uh, subsidies work over there, uh, the, the you know, dimension of the out-of-pocket market and everything. The point is the same, to help as many people as possible. We have three generations of the product already planned. The first one is indeed for markets like Europe and, and the US, but the second generation, which is coming roughly three, three years, that generation is, is going to be as technology advanced, you know, better, cheaper, faster, lighter, etc. And it's targeted for more markets. And by the third generation, which 2028 is scheduled, we hope to go into the lower income markets when the device will be much cheaper, etc. So uh, we're continuously working on tackling more and more markets with, with a device with a price point which is attractive to more and more markets, depending on the reimbursement, depending on the subsidies in each, in each market. But to get back to the U.S., in the U.S., we're now working with several partners and we want to enhance that partner network in order to bring it to the market, in order to see how we can maximize the amount of reimbursement and subsidies that uh, a person can get in order to purchase our technology and to basically help as many people as possible. And we do need help. We need help towards helping as many people as possible. But with all those barriers, you face probably the biggest one, which is trust. Mm -hmm. Because if you give me a device like this and say, mm -hmm. and, and I know you're not saying it can replace the white cane, although potentially it could, but I think I'd be very cautious of ever mm -hmm. letting go of my white cane. I don't know about you, Sean, but I would want my white cane with me. No. Um, you, what, you want to get rid of it? No, no, I'm just saying that, that this is... If it delivers and performs as well as you say it can, this is could potentially be another mobility aid. I, I, don't, I mean, the white cane and the guide dog has so far has earned our trust, mm -hmm. right? After years and years and years, we trust on that and we know we can rely on it. Well, it's the intelligence of the dog and it's the simplicity of the cane, yeah. mm -hmm. I think, which is the winner. You, yep. know, you can't really go wrong with a stick, right? That's true. But it's not well, going to break down. It's not. Well, it doesn't need a software update. You know, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. True. You know, you just use you it. Don't right? need to charge. It, it can fall apart on you. That's it for does. sure. Mine yes. has. Yeah, that's happened. Um, but I think that's going to be the challenge: is is getting people to trust it. So, mm -hmm. what are you doing there? Because in your trials, that must come up. People must sure. be nervous when they put this thing on. Well, the thing is, a very good indicator. I had a year ago a very good indicator about about that. One year ago. Uh, we were doing some absolutely random testing in Lisbon, in Portugal. And uh, I was there, my two members of my team were there. There was a, there was a visually impaired individual which began testing. And he went away like 150 meters, or like no, 400 feet from us. And I was looking at my team standing somewhere else, just chatting and laughing. And that's the moment when I realized, okay, we are there. Because if my team 100% trust to leave this device, then that was one year ago, mm. to 100% leave this device, to be operated with a person which only experimented for 5 or 10 minutes, 
then we're going in the right path. No, no incidents ever happen with testing the technology. Now, what we are doing specifically on that in order to grow that trust and everything, we are recommending, heavily recommended for the individuals which use our device to also use the white cane. And we actually mm. designed the device to detect that white cane and to ignore it as an obstacle because, you know, having a white cane oh, in front clever. of it, that would, that would be an obstacle. Yeah. And uh, the way we do that is, I will not really say you how we do that because we're still patenting it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's really, really interesting. Uh, just, you know, such a simple thing just to use your white cane to get away the technology which is designed to keep you away from obstacles. It's, you know, technically incredibly complicated to, to, to take care of not detecting that as an obstacle. Yeah. But we're recommending people to still use their white cane because it still gives you the context of understanding a bit better what the device is doing mm-hmm. um, we are working on in uh, in in the training the device will teach us will teach every user how to, how to be used and will publish new and new lessons in the device so that you can experiment more and even if the device for example computes a way which you know it, it takes away from obstacles from far away and it computes like even in some cases 30 feet in front of you uh, when you still use a white cane we're looking at opportunities that we can actually bring you more closer to the obstacle so you can understand where the obstacle is and how the device takes, takes you around it so we're basically letting the device together with the technology which you know how to use well which is the white cane to earn your trust by understanding what it does so this is one of the things which we do uh, no incidents have ever happened we had tremendously incredible, absolutely incredible feedback from, from our technology. There are still points which are improving. We're always mm. making it smaller, we're always making it better, we're always increasing battery life and etc. Um, but um, no, no incidents ever happen. From the way things go, probably no incidents will ever happen. Multiple redundant mechanisms taking care of this. Everything we do in self-driving, we do on the device as well. So there are at least three redundant mechanisms taking care of you at the same time. Each one independent. You, it will never happen, but you know, if a bullet goes through one of the batteries, you will still be safe, the device will still be able to, to not guide you anywhere where it's, where it's difficult. So it's designed by that amount of, uh, of technical scrutiny and everything. Well, no, Sean's looking forward to trying it out. We're, we're going to get you over to try it out, and we'll, we'll yep. hear that a bit later on. But uh, for now, thank you so much for coming on. Tell people how they can follow your progress and what you're sure. doing. Uh, there are two options, .lumen.com. That would be, that would be our website. Uh, or you know, just go on Google and search .lumen, and you'll find our social media, you'll find our website, and we, we, we try to be roughly, uh, r- roughly active on, uh, on social media and everything. We really want to share the journey of, uh, of this. Brilliant. Good luck with it. Thank right. you so much, guys. So, Sean, I think perhaps uh, we should maybe uh, tell people that earlier you did have a chance to... Uh, we don't have to lie to people here, right? We don't do that here on this show. We don't say, <laughs> oh, let's, let's make it up. I mean, we do make it up. But, you know, let's just yeah. you know, skip past that part that we're kind of telling people that you're going to be over there somewhere doing this. Because you're not. You're sitting right here. But you did earlier record a bit of a walk around with the Lumen. Uh, and, you know, that was a really interesting conversation. But I want to hear what you think about it. But let's hear first your experience of uh, testing it out. Uh, I was going to say over, over at the stand, but actually you were here, which yes. is kind of weird. Anyway, uh, here he is. <laughs> okay, narrow. Yeah, you heard narrow. So, right, and I'm feeling like these little fluttery vibrations here on the left-hand side. Yeah. When, you feel, when, you, when you feel the pulsating vibration, that means you need to turn a lot. Ah, right, so okay. So I'm going to turn that way, and it's now in the center-ish. Yeah, it's probably going to move around. Yes, it does. Because it moves there's around. lots of people moving around. And right. it always computes where the safe path is. Okay. So, but that's it. Just follow it. And so if I walk this way. Ah. Now it stops. Ah. Now it's that, that way. Guess why? I'm going to be... What? Yeah. I'm going to be a moving, annoying obstacle. Okay. Just to get a sense of what the system, how the system reacts. 
right? So right now I'm talking so you can hear. Yes. What the, you can feel what the system is doing based on where I move. Oh, hang on. That suddenly switched over there. Yeah, if I come right this way, it's going to switch again. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, hang is on. Is it that way or the other way? That way. Yeah, I'm back. Everybody is surrounding you right now. So oh, that's right. Okay. I'm trying to figure it out. You can probably. Okay, yes. Right. It's so strange. Yes, why? Why? Because I was right in front of you. <laughs> Every time. Oh, I totally get that. It's surprising. Quickly, you you get used to it. Yep, in two minutes. Yeah. No, that is very good. I got to say, yeah, I'm quite impressed with that. Well, we aim to please. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so that oh. you heard the audio yes. and the feedback, um, the haptic notification as well. Yes, yes. So that was the emergency stop. Yeah, you're about, you're about to walk into something. Any time that any of the cameras, the NASA despite the safety requirements, in a couple of hundred milliseconds, it will give you emergency stop. That is very impressive. I've got to say that the, the feedback and the response time is. It's really you good. You could run with it, but let's not do that today. No, you need a few I don't hours run anyway. <laughs> you need a few hours of training. So that was your uh, walk around with the, uh, the Lumen device. What, what was your thoughts then? I was actually impressed. Yeah. And listen to the surprise in my voice. That sounds terrible, right? But I, I, honestly, I was impressed. You're not just saying that, right? No, 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 no. I, I, look, it's really difficult to tell in a, a, a few... 30 seconds walking around, two minutes walking around, whatever it may be, until you wear this out and about when you're doing a walk that you do every day, when you're doing your commute or doing whatever you need to do, it is incredibly difficult to say, yes, this thing works as I would want it to. But um, in terms of a concept, I thought it was really good. To me, it came across almost like a, um, if you think of the 3D audio in Soundscape, and, you know, when you've got a, a marker, a, a, what do they call it? A beacon, beacon yeah. away. And you're trying to center that up so you know that's in front of you. Exactly the same thing, but with haptics on my forehead. And it was incredibly um, easy to, to, to get my head around that, or it to get around my head, I should say. Um, that, that just getting that little vibration in the center of my forehead it made total sense and it seemed really responsive and of course that's the other thing as well how quick is it to respond to something now people were walking around me there actually on purpose trying to sort of give me an experience of an obstacle in front of me and straight away it would stop so i would stop and then i would hear feel i should say a vibration on the left or right hand side and i would turn towards that and carry on walking and it was just really intuitive so I was quite impressed, but of course it all comes down to the obstacles and um, that it does detect how well that works outside in the real world. I honestly don't know yet, but I really like the concept. There is something in this. Yeah, it, it does sound really interesting. Uh, you know, the, the CEO told us of Lumen that the feeling is of being pulled. So it feels like it's pulling your head forward. Did you get that? No, I, I, no I'll be honest. I didn't get that. I, 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 it just feels like a, 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 
it did feel like a fly on my head. You said that at one point, right? You said yes. it's like a wasp it's in my like face. It's like a wasp is, is fluttering, walking across my my forehead. Um, that sounds really irritating, and it wasn't. Let me make that. You know, if you have those bone conduction headsets on, I don't like wearing those because they actually tickle That's right. the side tickle of my cheek, head. Yeah. yeah, and I don't like that. It wasn't like that. And, of course, you can adjust the strength of that vibration. It was just, uh, I thought it was just a delicate sort of indication of which way to be heading, uh, which way to go. And it, it, I thought it worked well, honestly. I was a little bit concerned, I must admit, when, when the CEO talked about the idea of this being almost a replacement eventually for a cane. I don't know if I like that approach at this point. I don't think that's how we should sell these products to people. I don't think that's how you should sell it. No, as, as I said before, about, you know, I, I think we should keep the guide dogs out of it. I think this is a, a mobility aid. And uh, as for using it without a cane, again, does it build up that trust? We well, talked, that, was, that was a key we, question, we wasn't it? We talked about this. Does, is it going to be enough? Yeah. It, it's not until you use it in the real world that you can tell. We can do all the demos we want you know, up and down here. But until we actually use it and, and get one-on-one on it, I, I, I don't know. I mean, does it feel like that? I mean, I say that is the technology there yet. And then I think to myself, I'm using a stick. You know, essentially a piece of aluminium or a piece of graphite <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, it's not the most intelligent thing. And I'm trusting that every day with my no, life. Yeah, but the stick is just an extension of our body, isn't it? It's an extension of our hands, basically. But it's giving us haptic feedback. It's giving us that live we're feedback. We're feeling as well. our way around. That's yeah. what we're doing with the stick. And, and because of that, we know it's, it's true and we can have full confidence in it. It's again, like, you know, the discussions we have with all technology, when we've been talking about AI and hallucination, hallucinations, I mean... How infallible is technology? And to use it without a stick, you're going to have to trust that 110%. I do think that whatever way you look at this, it is technology that has to be in addition to something else. It cannot just be the one thing. It cannot just be, I'm going to walk around with this all day and night. Yeah, I've been intrigued by your thoughts on this as uh, you listen to this because um, it's just a really interesting conversation, I think. It's a really interesting conversation around what is next mobility and I if I'm honest and we're going to talk about this in a future YouTube show I want to really talk about the fact that you know I, I kind of feel I'm a little bit sick of hearing about robot guide dogs and smart canes when there's nothing really wrong with what we have that I have found and there's certainly nothing that is as of yet able to replace in any meaningful way Yes, but guide dogs are a finite resource. That's the whole point. Well, that's the point they're making. making, Lumen Lumen are making that point, yeah. Uh, Listen, that's it for today. Uh, But, uh, of course, keep in touch with us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call 1-877-803-4567. We're on the socials as well, at Double Tap On Air. Or at Double Tap. Yeah, I I just search on the internet for Double Tap. You'll find us. We're in amongst the gun things and the zombie killers and all the rest of it. You'll find us. Uh, And uh, that is it for today. We're back tomorrow with more from the Zero Project Conference here in Vienna. Uh, Should we go get some KFC? Of course. Let's go find it. Excellent. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.